now proudly presented on SNME. That's Sunday night's main event. Heavy traffic during 4-5. Got a hustle on the own time. Color people every port side. We just people from the north side. Want some teammates at the shore fine. Winter ready on the four ties. Hey guys, what's going on? It's your host, your boy, George McKay, live on location, Destiny Wrestling Haywire. And I'm sitting down with one half of the Vaude Villains. Matthew Rainwall, how are you, man? I'm good, man. No, thank you so much for having me. Oh, no, this has been, for me, this has been one of my bucket list interviews only because I, I actually believe I did hit you up a couple years ago on Instagram. You got back to me. You're actually one of the few people that actually did respond oh, to my I'm email. Especially DMs are, some, are so hit or miss. I apologize to anybody who, who I've missed and it's fallen through. But no, go. but you, you did and you were like, hey, man, I'm kind of just focusing on my personal stuff right now, my, my, my acting and my commentating stuff. So right now I'm not available. And I was like, hey, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Now, you and I, we share a lot of things in common. One is, is that you have a lot more charisma than I do, but that's not a thing we share in a cause. I'm actually a big fan of whiskeys and bourbons. Ooh, and I know you yourself yes, are. So I, I know my favorite bourbon, but I don't want to say it until I hear your all. I know you have a lot of different choices, but what is your go-to bourbon? Okay, I'm glad you said go-to. I think it's a different answer. If you ask me the favorite, it's like it's like your favorite movie or favorite TV. Like it's, it's impossible. It, it depends on the mood, right, yes, and all this yes. stuff. But I always, what I always like to tell people, my go-to bourbon, uh, honestly, is Wild Turkey 101. Okay. Yeah, and a lot of people kind of who maybe aren't sure of it, kind of like taking it back because I think Wild Turkey has this, especially like the 101, has this reputation of like that. That's the stuff you just poured to get to get drunk in college or whatever. It's rough. I mean, it's higher proof than most standard uh, release whiskeys and stuff. But what a lot of people don't realize, though, unlike a lot of really true bottom shelf things, um, Wild Turkey 101, for me, as someone who's gotten into whiskey, I like that it's a little bit higher proof, but not crazy. It's not barrel proof. It's not cash drink. 101, 100, 101 is like perfect for me. Um, but it's made by, Wild Turkey is a incredibly long, has an incredibly long, illustrious history in the distilling world. It's not some like cheap little distillery. They have an incredible pedigree, so you're in good hands production-wise. And then it's actually, unlike a lot of cheap stuff in the same price point, it's actually pretty well aged. It's still, I believe, uh, you know, my whiskey friends, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's still batched somewhere around a blend of like six to eight-year-old bourbon, which okay. is pretty solid, Absolutely. especially in today's market where everything is so young because they're trying to catch up to the, the popularity of work bourbon it's hard to find well-aged stuff like that so like it's all around a really solid product for 25 us you know where i live and available all the time i never have to worry about like do you have this do you have this wild turkey 101 is all reliable Okay, that's your that old reliable. That was a long-winded answer. No, but it was perfect. <laughs> See, my old reliable is I'm, I'm, I'm classic, and I guess I'm simple, but I discovered it through Bar Rescue because I'm a big John Taffer fan. Ah, yes. Uh, Bullet Bourbon. I love Bullet. Well, it's classic. Yeah, but, I mean, Bullet had a little bit of controversy because they, for a while, they were sourcing from Four Roses, yes. and they essentially took the same thing with the yeast, uh, you know, the different mash bills and the yeast strains and everything, but they've done their own thing with it. Um, Bullet is another one. They they are to me one of the incredible stories in the modern bourbon boom of just like their marketing department. They got them in every damn bar in the world. Like you go to you see Jim Beam, you see Jack Daniels, and nine times out of ten you you're seeing Bullet, and that's in Germany, in the UK, in any bar in America, Canada here. So like they 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 really were part of that really early commercial push 
when bourbon started kind of booming again. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And a lot of people don't really, I think a lot of people underrate bourbon as a drink of choice, especially when bourbon's on the rocks, because people are like, oh, you can, you can mix it, you can do this. I'm, I'm classic, even my gin. I drink my gin old school, gin and tonic, just a little bit, just a little little spritz of lime to give me that little sweetness to it. But that's it, I'm timeless with my drinks. I guess I'm like a 90 year old man in a 45 year old man's hey, body. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's just, I think yes, bourbon to me, I think it can be almost like scotch. I think it's a sophisticated drink. It Absolutely. very much can be, it can be on that parallel. Luckily, I do think we're seeing that more and more in the last several years, As again, as the popularity has boomed, but I agree with you. Oh, thank you. Well, coming from you, a connoisseur like yourself, that's amazing. Now, I mentioned Bar Rescue because I've always, I've always felt this in my heart. I don't know if it's right. Are you the voiceover guy for Bar Rescue? I wish, man. You sound just like him. Admit it. Today, like John Taffer, like, <laughs> he watched from an SUV a mile away or whatever the hell it was. Um, it's funny because I watched, me and my wife watched that show because one of our, like, uh, guilty pleasures is, like, kind of reality TV, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Um, so, but that was even before I got into like, whiskey really heavily. We that was a show we watched. We would because it was and it was just it was fascinating to yeah, to see uh, the ins like the ins and outs about all of this stuff and everything like that. It also made me definitely peek over a couple bars <laughs> at, at, when I started going back out again. Oh yeah, just to make sure, like taking a look at the the, the ice bins and stuff like that are and the hoses. Glass, are you yeah, using plastic, like right. You're to? How do those hoses look? Thank you, John Taffer. Thank you. I also keep an eye out for butt funnels. Absolutely. Yo, me too, man. I'm not even going to lie to you. And I also give a, I want to see if the person in the back is wearing gloves when they're touching my food. Yes. I always try to be sat yes. by the kitchens. Yes. I do. I try to be sat by the kitchen so I can kind of peek over and be like, is that person following all the coats? Yeah. I got to make sure, man. You don't want to get sick. Dude, there's too, too many violations out there. <laughs> too many violations. All right. So you put that to bed. You're not the voiceover no. guy. All right. Well, I'll do it, though. Yeah, 100%. I'll do it. I would love to see that. Now, the vaudevillains, the greatness of the character, the mind. You mentioned a little bit with my daughter, but going kind of deeper into the characters, the strongman character, the drama king character. You guys had this weird symmetry. You were off balance to each other personality-wise, but you just had this weird symmetry. And even though you were bad guys, you guys got so over. I mean, it, that's that really speaks, to, especially that time in NXT. Oh, yeah. Was a time that, like, 2014 to 2016... Um, just trying like different characters Dusty Rhodes may he rest in peace was so big on that I want to see characters and I want to see really get into them I mean we had your, your Tyler Breezes you had you know uh, Juice Robinson was CJ Parker at the time you all then, but you had that mixed in with guys like Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens who are who just your well traveled journeyman wrestlers coming in and flying their craft so like that audience, that full-sale audience at the beginning of those NXT days loved their homegrown, weird little characters. They did, like, they'd, even though we were a little, every, a lot of the characters were a little off-kilter, a little strange, different than what you would find on Raw or SmackDown. They liked that. And so, like, we, and that, and that transferred and that spread when we started going on the road and everything. So by the time we got to something like an NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, yeah. like, I, I'm still incredibly humbled by the fact that we had an entire Barclays Center like chanting for two strange guy, like misfit guys who should not be, you know, in all in the history of pro wrestling, it would not tell you that guys like us should be in that level of like success kind of thing, right? Like we're not your typical bodybuilder looking guys. We don't have that typical like move set. We don't have those typical characters. But we struck a chord 
with our uniqueness and you know that resonated with people and so I've always been grateful for that. Absolutely and of course I mean the appearance of blue pants at Barclays to kind of you know uh, off kilter Alexia was fantastic. Absolutely big 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 bonus. Big bonus and she's doing great things in AEW as well and and then you know you get released you don't stop you keep grinding which is a lot of things I think a lot of wrestlers do. The depression may set in, but you kept grinding. And I'm sure with the support of, uh, you know, Saul and everything you've got over there and your wife and everything, it's, it's great. Everything that you guys have is fantastic. And the brands that you two have built separate yet together is awesome. And uh, also, I mean, you just come to the grindstone and then you come back and you're rocking the commentary thing. Near the end of your WWE contract, you were right. doing the commentary stuff and you were entertaining as hell. You were way entertaining as hell, and, and that's a credit to you, and that's not, that's not any way, shape, or form trying to kiss your butt. You were entertaining as hell because you were, I think, the Corey Graves-type character of commentary before Corey Graves. You had that little bit of sarcasm, but you also knew your craft, and that's so incredible. And me, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan who just loves wrestling, but I've now branched into commentating stuff. I don't have the skill of a Todd Phillips or yourself. <laughs> Or any of those guys, but I, I try my best. But what is it like, especially in a crowd where some crowds, like just recently you guys were back at Toronto Impact for Emergence. Yep. Crowd was ruckus. Crowd was crazy. Crowd was loud. Crowd was some ways drunk and obnoxious. <laughs> How do you guys maintain your composure? You're trying to stay focused with all this incredible noise around you. I mean, luckily, first and foremost, headsets. <laughs> they're pretty good actually not noise canceling but they're pretty good so that makes it that makes it easier like legitimately that that is a very big help because trust me one uh independent show who shall remain, remain nameless uh first time i ever did commentary with them i did commentary into a straight microphone no headset like and i'm like yelling into this thing so like there i couldn't i almost couldn't do what you're saying there but um Luckily, our production crew is awesome at impact, and um, it just comes with being in front of a microphone, man, is the idea of, like, you have a job to do, and that, that's why those monitors are there and everything. We, we are, excuse me, speaking to the home audience, us especially, right? Because, like, the live audience doesn't hear us. No. So, like, we, our job is to deliver this to the crowd at home, to build this, to make it larger than your little box at home. So we, uh, it's just that importance. We know that we have to be laser focused on what's on that monitor, what's happening there, and to try to make it as big as possible. So that, that helps us fight through all the cacophony around us. Absolutely. And of course, the wrestlers getting involved with you and stuff like that, getting sure. in your face, sometimes getting in your space. Yes. That's not always the easiest thing. In terms of, uh, like, I guess, the growth of uh, the, the broadcasting side of stuff, because wrestling is all the show and everything like that. And I don't think the broadcasters get really enough credit that they should for being the narrators of these stories that are being told in the ring. Because that's essentially what we are commentators, interviewers like myself, conversationalists. We are storytellers. We're bringing the stories out to people who may not otherwise have the ability to hear those stories or see those stories. So, do you almost, like me, when I, every time I call a match, like I'm looking forward to calling your match tonight, every time I call a match, I get humbled by the fact that I'm able to be the narrator for that. Do you ever feel that same kind of thing? Absolutely. No, um, we, we've been talking a lot about it at Impact. We're about to induct Don West and Mike Tanay into our Hall of Fame, which they have such an indelible, you know, effect on the legacy of a company, especially, you know, when you, when you look back on, and this goes for television companies and independent companies too, because luckily we live in an age where everything can be recorded and for posterity and everything like that. You're going to look back and those voices are, gonna, are connected to moments in time, to moments in history. And the way I always think about it is commentary is the baseline mm -hmm. of, of pro wrestling. It's that thing. It's not the star of the show. No. And it's not supposed to be. It shouldn't be. You know what I mean? It's, it's that thing that's there 
to guide you through, to keep, keep that tempo going, um, and to tell that story. But it's the thing, if it wasn't there, it would feel weird. And it's like if you're if you're a kid who grows up watching an, an AEW, a WWE, or whatever, and then you go to your first ever live event and you don't hear. I remember when I first went to my first Raw, WWE Raw, and I, I'm like, "This is cool. But why is this sound weird?" I wasn't hearing the commentary. It was the first time I'd ever watched wrestling without commentary. So I was like, "Oh, it, it, I realized how much it added." So we're, again, it's like we're not we're not we're not the lead singer, we're not the guitar solo playing. That's the wrestlers yeah, in the we're ring. The keyboard. We're right? okay with that. We're, and you're playing that background melody, and you're, but you're keeping everything moving. And you know, people they'll miss you when it's when it's gone, but you but you're there to just kind of keep it moving forward. Absolutely, absolutely. Six years away, the Vaudevillains. Now you're coming back together. What was it about this time, this moment in 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 your career, that this felt like the right time to come back? So uh, I, I mentioned a little briefly with your daughter, but it was like, you know what? Um, I, I had solely been considering just for myself about maybe doing a few more matches, yeah, just, just solo or whatever. Because um, I'm not old. I may have my long-term goal focus on broadcasting and, and the behind-the-scenes stuff. But I'm like, but while I still can, why not from time to time do it? And then I had done an appearance with uh, Simon, and he, he brought up the possibility of doing that if I wanted to. And... And then we, that's when we talked about more and more, like I said, about like, let's, if we're going to do this, let's have fun. This is going to be about entertaining, not trying to fit into a mold. Because I think we all, especially in the rat race of WWE, you're trying to politic. You're trying to like fit what they want to see out of a tag team or what style they want to see people do or like, or the audience at large. Now I just want to wrestle for me and, you know, and for us. And so like, if we go out there and have the goofiest, funniest match of the night, awesome. You know what I mean? If we have the, the banger with flying all over the place, great. But, like, we can do it on whatever we want on our terms kind of thing. And just, again, have fun and entertain you. And creative freedom. Yes. Creative freedom is huge. 100%. Absolutely. So I got to ask this. Bruce of Day. I know you mentioned it briefly with my daughter. You said, I know you heard in the response that you said where you said WWE didn't want it. But do you think, honestly and truly, and I'm not trying to create any controversy, but do you think if WWE had leaned into it wholeheartedly and had really just gone with it, do you think it would have skyrocketed even further than where it was? I think it absolutely could have. You know, I, I, I always stop short of absolutes. I, I can't say for sure. Because sometimes, here's the other thing, the flip side of that coin is that sometimes when the, the audience, they're smarter than even they realize, and they can pick up on things. And uh, this has happened a lot of, to a lot of people throughout history. If they felt like the machine was almost maybe behind it too much, it might turn on you. You know what I mean? If all of a sudden, like if one month in, oh, they hear a couple of Rusev Day chants at the TV tapings, right? If all of a sudden they start going, it's on every advertisement and they, they're, they're pumping out, pushing shirts out. To, we would have loved it for, for a while, but I, I think it would have pushed it too far too fast. Um, and I think people maybe would have turned on it like, what are these two random guys getting like pushed so hard? down our throats for this is still a weird thing now that being said as it slowly grew those first like four five six like six months I, I i'm totally happy with how it was they weren't sure what they wanted to do with it yet they kind of they kept putting us out there they kind of kept us running together you could tell they definitely weren't like highlighting us highlighting it, but we were we were in the fold and people were really building behind it once that once the the flame was there I think they probably could have poured a little more gas on it and then leaned into it. So not too early, but I think they missed a window where they could have. 
uh, probably just prior to or right around that WrestleMania 34. Probably would have been a key time to do it, mm-hmm. um, in, in my opinion. But, you know, past is the past. Absolutely. You can't live in the past. That's you right. absolutely can't. But I'm going to live in the past now as a fan. Can you Fair give enough. me one? It's Rusev Day. Normally, this is what I charge cameo Drama King Matt for. But no, for you, absolutely. Because every day, no matter what, whether it was then, whether it's now, whether it will be forever, it is always Rusev Day. It's like, it's like just, it's like, that's how you bring, that's how you bring this interview home. Always. Always. Focus. <laughs> Key and end scene. All right. Awesome. Matt, again, it's been, it was a pleasure and honor to speak with Absolutely, you, man. man. I enjoyed it. Do me one favor. Give me that drama king energy. Look in the camera and tell everyone that you just had an amazing conversation with us here at Straight Talk and they should subscribe because I like bourbon, you like bourbon, and every day is a good day, not just a Rusev day. I mean, you just said it yourself. Everybody, subscribe, like, click, share, straight talk, all of it. It is the show. Wow, the show. I couldn't, he said it way better than I could. Guys, as always, your host, your boy, George McKay, one half of the Bald Villains, one very distant 15th cousin, twice remove of the Bald Villains, and that's it for this one. Peace, love, and wrestling. We will see you next week. Thank you so much for watching. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, and turn on that notification bell so you get notified each time we post a video. Alternatively, you can check us out on all podcast platforms and host it on Podbean. We are also available on the SNME Network. That's the Sunday Night's Main Event Patreon. Please feel free to check us out there as well. And don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms at underscore Straight Talk on Twitter, at Straight Talk Wrestling on Instagram, Straight Talk Wrestling on Facebook, Straight Talk Wrestling on TikTok, and of course, you can check out all our merch at ProWrestlingTees.com. I don't need a nigga.